welcome in to a special edition of Sportball. I'm your boy Sam. With me as always are my two good friends, Seth and Kyle. And this one I think is actually special, boys. This is this is the best part of the year. Okay. This is what the fans are waiting for. Are you guys pumped right now? Are you torqued? This is the big NBA preview pod extravaganza palooza. I don't think anyone's ever asked me if I'm torqued before. All right. Well, how's your chance to answer? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very excited for our uh, WNBA game tomorrow that we're going to. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Now everyone's sufficiently pumped. I didn't mean to interrupt you, so. <laughs> I think he did mean to interrupt you. I mean, he played music from his phone. <laughs> there was a lull for a second there, and I couldn't get to the song in time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I Sam and I are you. going to uh, the Game 3 of the WNBA Finals tomorrow night yeah. in our very own Chicago, Illinois. So very excited to see Candace Parker take on Diana Taurasi. It's going to be a great matchup. Brittany Griner as well. Sheesh. But we're not here to preview that. There's been tons of celebrities at at all the games, too. Mm -hmm. That first game, like, there was a bunch of Chicago people. Chance was there, courtside. Sure you see him game three. I saw, like, Chris Paul and some of the Phoenix Suns players were at. Yeah. yeah. As they say, game recognized game. That's right. That's why no one recognizes this podcast. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Uh, I'm sitting here with my Joseph Brow from Trader Joe's. Kyle has his uh, radical sure new that. therapy, hazy double IPA. You already know, which he claims that noon whistle swindled him into getting six packs of six or whatever it was. That's exactly really, what happened. <laughs> they just asked you if you wanted them, and then you said, Yeah, <laughs> I tried to buy two, one pack. They yeah. told me for the cost of two, I can have six. Yeah. I thought it was a boy. I thought they were trying to get rid of terrible beer. Yeah, and were it they? It turns out to be my favorite one that I've ever had from there. Wow. So wow. Have a terrible taste. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Seth is uh, has what appears to be a full bottle of wine, so we're all ready to go here. That's correct. It's called Live a Little. What could that mean? And just like that, yeah. he's gone. Never heard from again. What if that was the last thing he ever said? <laughs> Live a little poof. <laughs> All right. Well, Seth, I don't know where he is. We just have on our screen a frozen <laughs> image of him holding up a bottle of wine. But today, which is for me, but it's a Home Depot and it's right by Whole Foods. Can you still hear me? I don't know if he's still speaking Shit, or if he's talking in an alien language, but I'm just going to plow ahead and tell you that we are indeed ready. We are very ready for this NBA preview. Never been yeah. more ready, honestly. That's right. We all have our – oh, Kyle's got a, a white, sec, white Sox hat on, even though they just fell in the playoffs, but he's a – Someone he's needs to fire Tony fan. La Russa. Get him out. Not sure why they even hired him when he's an 80-year-old and has a DUI, but – Multiple DUIs. <laughs> and made some other questionable decisions in his career, but – But you know what? We're not here to talk about the WNBA wine or – White Sox. In the playoffs. What we are here to talk about is the NBA, baby, okay? And if you would believe it, it starts next week. 
So everyone strap in, strap on, and get ready, baby, because we're back, all right? Fans are going to be back in the stands. Things are going to be wild. Some players, perhaps, won't even play in their home games because they're not vaccinated with the death later. It's going to be a wild season. I'm excited. We're all excited. Let's get down to business, okay? Now, I want to tweak this up a little bit. Usually, we give our our playoff picks one through eight, right? And we go through them. I want to kind of do them in segments, okay? This is why they call me the genius of podcasters, right? Because I'm so flexible. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to give you guys my top six in the East, okay? And you tell me how you differ. Seth is ready. What's that? Seems that seems like a large segment. Well, I think these the, all these teams are in a tier. Okay, I would right. say the first tier in the East would be the Bucks and the Nets by themselves alone at the top. Okay, and then so maybe let's just start there. Okay, because I did say it was gonna be segments. So I have Nets one, Bucks two. But no given the Kyrie, too. so the news came out that Kyrie will not be with the team as long as he's not vaccinated because they said you can't be a part-time player. Okay. So we have to go into the season, assuming that at least for the beginning, Kyrie is not a part of this team. And you know what? I still think they're the title favorites. And, you know, I think they're, it's closer now without him, but I mean, if you have James and KD, you're still going to win a ton of regular season games and you're, you'll be the title favorite in my book. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I agree. And, and their depth got a whole lot better this year um, with a full season of Blake Griffin, adding Patty Mills, who's a very competent starting guard, um, and Paul Millsap, who, you know, is not at his all-star form, form anymore, but he's not, like, decrepit yeah. yet. I don't if they play in an Applebee's, he'll be the best player on the court. Right. Um, which, if they play in Applebee's, Kyrie could probably play, so – uh, <laughs> um, great point <laughs> yeah so I, I would still have them as a favorite I mean we saw last year like they probably should have beaten the Bucks without Harden or Kyrie so uh, I think you're just being contrarian if you pick anybody else to win the East um, but obviously their ceiling is a lot lower without Kyrie and their Injury and assurance is a lot thinner without Kyrie. So those are the two main biggest things for me. Um, and, and I I would say there's still two avenues for Kyrie to play, right? He could get vaccinated, which let's hope that he does. Or the statewide mandates in New York and New Jersey could change mm-hmm. because the COVID numbers decrease, right? And then they lift some of those mandates. So it's there's that possibility as well a few months from now, I think is reasonable, you know, if numbers continue to to fall. So we'll see. So you you have the Nets and the Bucks one and two in the East as well? Yeah. How what about you? You're gonna tell me how the bowl the bowls are actually the one seed? Against against all odds, I'm not. Um I also have the Nets and the Bucks. Do you, do you agree with the sentiment that the Nets are still title favorites without Kyrie, even though, you know, it's closer without him? Yeah, I think he's the least important of that big three there anyways. That's for he, sure true. I think he affects the game 
more in terms of taking the ball out of Harden and Durant's hands too much sometimes. I agree with that. So are they and better without him, Kyle? I don't think they're better without him. Okay. Like it he, might be easier that, to go through the regular season without the uncertainty of him, but right. the playoff ceiling just isn't there at all. I mean, right. So, yeah. The ceiling of, is not as high without him, but yeah. I think they could, with or without him, regular season wise, I think they would perform essentially the same if we did ran a simulation of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a full season with and a full season without. We could be in a simulation right now, for all we know. The world's flat. <laughs> You see, there's they're coming out with a new Matrix movie. Yeah, it's not right. I watched the uh, watched the trailer Matrix Resurrections. I tell you, it made zero sense at all. But I guarantee <laughs> you, I'll watch it. This is why I don't watch trailers. Yeah, I'll watch I hate it. them too. But my brother sent it to me, and I felt compelled. Oh, see, I don't watch the videos you send to me. That's how I get away with that. That's your secret. Um, let's let's hit on the Bucks real quick, just to mention. Uh, you know, I think there's a world when they get out, where they get out of the East again. I think there's a very real world where they finish with a one seed again, just because maybe KD and Harden do some load management, and the Bucks are just like Giannis doesn't really sit, you know, and he just. What world is that, Mars? No, Earth in a different timeline. Oh, okay. Uh, so I could see them finishing first to us. Certainly not. I mean, they're always an elite regular season team, right? And they have, they have the confidence of the championship they've won. So. Hundred percent. I would see one of those two at one. All right, my next tier, and this is an order that may surprise some listeners and both of you. I have the That's Celtics. Not bad. Sorry. So I have the I have the Celtics at three. You dirty boy. I have the Hawks at four. I have the Heat at five, and I have the Sixers at six. Jesus Christ, that's exactly what I have. Wow. I did not expect that. <laughs> okay, Kyle, why don't you give your order for that tier, and then we can discuss who's right. So this would be the not Bucks and Nets, but not in the play-in. For our listeners well, that well, might... Are we I, doing... You said this is... What numbers am I going Okay, here? hang on. I'm going to explain to the listeners what goes on right now. So for the listeners that might have forgotten, there's a play-in now, right? I, I know that. And the <laughs> and seven and eight played nine and ten. Okay, so the tier I just listed is who I believe to be escaping the play in this season. Okay, that are not the Bucks and Nets. So that would be seeds three through six. Three That's six, the next tier I had. Yeah, and in that order, I went Celtics, Hawks, Heat, and Sixers. Okay, I got it. So I had Celtics as well. Oh, really? You have Celtics at three, too. That's kind of surprising. I don't think I've been saying since last year that Tatum's going to win the MVP this season. So Celtics are going to miss the plan. We're all (laughs) way too high on them. This is just funny because consensus nationwide and real podcasts with real hosts have been not that they're third. So, yeah, so the Hawks, Hawks, I'm sorry, Celtics, Sixers, Bulls, Hawks. There it is. There's them bulls. So no heat, huh? You have the heat in the plan? Yeah. 
All right, so let me give my reasoning for this order and we can talk from there. Let me, let me start in the Celtics first. And Seth, I'll, I'll give you room to wax poetic, but what I, what I see on this team is a team that's depth is greatly, greatly improved from last season. Um, I think my biggest problem with them last year was that you had to, you had to roll out the likes of semi Oljale and uh, a washed up Jeff Teague, right? And you just didn't have enough good NBA players. Now we're looking at Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, Wancho, Hernan Gomez, who I know we all sneaky like. Fucking boy. <laughs> if you're a real basketball fan, you sneakily like Wancho. And, you know, I think Neesmith and Pritchard will contribute as well. You're and last year they kind of had to contribute too much, you know. But this year they're right in that, that role they should be. So that's how, what I think you're a Celtic, Seth. You tell me, you tell me if you agree with that assessment. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think we talked about this on the various podcasts last year where I felt like the Celtics starting lineup was fine, but you'd look up and suddenly it's like, okay, we have Grant Williams, Jeff Teague, and Shemi Ojale all on the court at the same time. What the fuck are we supposed to be doing here? So I think we're going to have, like you said, significantly fewer lineups like that um, because we have increased depth. Um, I'll be curious to see exactly how we end up starting and finishing. I think it's going to be like shrewder, smart, Brown, Tatum, Time Lord will probably be how they start. Potentially how they Horford? finish. I thought they are going to start well. Horford instead of Schroeder. Have you heard some yeah. insider info, though? No. Oh. Um, I, actually, I was going off of the ESPN depth chart, but I could also definitely see them starting Horford. Um, and then maybe they finish with Schroeder. I mean, I'm sure they'll try out different things throughout the year. Um but in any case, I agree with the depth. Uh, I think another big thing is, as, as much as I hate to say this, getting rid of Kemba, where he just, even in the games when he scored 20 points, he was inefficient, he was turnover prone, and he was a sieve on defense. And I love the guy. Big improvement in the locker room over Kyrie. He just beloved by everyone. But at this stage of his career with his knees, like that was just the reality last year. And, but because of his pedigree, like he took the ball away from our other players a lot. So I think it'll actually be an improvement to have Schroeder in there, um, especially Damn coming off the bench and, and another year of Tatum and Brown blossoming. And then I think obviously the other big change is at the coaching position. We all love Brad Stevens, but I think just got to a point where they were tired of hearing his voice over and over. Everyone seems to respect Ime Udoka, um, former player. I'm really excited to see how that changes things um, and how the players seem to respond to him. And if we can increase our, our toughness and grit and things like that. Cause I think there are a lot of times this year where we kind of rolled or last year where we just kind of rolled over. So for sure. I had them third as well. I'm really excited about this team, just like I am at the beginning of every season. That's why we love the preseason pod so much, because anything is possible. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I 
don't think Kyle is correct that Tatum will win MVP, but I would like nothing more than to be wrong about that. So, Kyle, I know you have the Celtics third, and I know you want to talk about Tatum, but also talk to me about our boy Time Lord, who I feel this is a critical part to this team this season because one of the reasons I thought about not putting them third is I'm just not I'm not so sure on the Al Horford Time Lord fit for at the four and five. I know they're very good playmakers, but does Al, what does Al have left really? And the other thing is Time Lord has uh, had a litany of injuries and can he stay on the court for a full season? Because if he can't, you're going to have to play some canter, which, you you know. You say that as if it's a bad thing. We got <laughs> Enos back, baby. Enos the penis, baby. <laughs> so I think he's a critical player for the, for the Celtics this year. What say you on that? I mean, as we know, I've been clamoring for Time Lord for over a year now at this point. Um but I think to your point with the injuries that we have seen him undergo and their added depth this year, I think during the regular season, he doesn't need to play, you know, like 28 or whatever minutes, which he'll probably play in the playoffs 28 plus. I think they're going to take it a little easy, especially early on. We'll probably average like, 24 minutes or so or less for the first couple months of the season I would imagine especially with like you said like Hernan Gomez easy fill in there Enos is going to soak up minutes like they have a lot of front court depth that they haven't been able to rely on in the last year or two which yeah, really I mean, I'd I'd much rather have Enos in there, like jokes aside, than Grant Williams. Yeah. Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, Tristan. Yeah. Yeah, Tristan is just a worse Enos. Do you realize the Kings have Tristan Thompson now? Like, why? (laughs) Why do they They do anything they do? Like, five centers, and they have Marvin Bagley, who they drafted over Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. Anyway, then we'll get to them later. Well, we won't in my playoff picture. I'll tell you that much. But so (laughs) the next team I want to hit is the Sixers because, Kyle, you had them at four. Seth and I had them at six. I think, at least speaking for myself, factoring in Simmons probably not playing at the beginning of the year and then trying to find a trade for him. Um, This is very similar to the Harden Rockets situation last year when we're like, "Eh," you know, we don't know what's going to happen when we're trying to do our preview pod. Although, obviously, the Sixers have more in place to sustain greatness without Simmons, right? Because they have Joel Embiid, who we all consider to be a top 10 player in the league. So I put them at six as a hedge for Simmons misses the first 20 games while they try to find a trade. Embiid, you know, tries to lift the team up by himself, but misses a few games and they stay right right around that area. And then who knows what they get in a trade back for Simmons, right? You know, if we're talking a star, they could be right near the top of the East again, right? But if it's just Joel Embiid in pieces, you know, he's he tends to miss 20 or so games every regular season, right? And this team is nothing without him. So, Kyle, wh- why did you have them at four? And is it is it factoring in a Simmons trade? Uh, the Simmons trade is a part of it. But also, I feel like we've talked about it a lot over the last few years. The fact that Joel and Ben don't necessarily work that well together. So the fact that we might get a – we're probably going to get a season where it's just – one of the two and we've always kind of thought they could be a better team if it was just one of the two 
makes me think that they're really not going to have that drastic of a fall off. I'm also really high on Tyrese Maxey, who now should see a ton more minutes, whether he starts or comes off the bench. They have the scoring, and I think they saw a lot, um, you know, out of some other the younger players like um, basketball Paul, a.k.a. Paul Reed. No one knows who that is probably, but he was – uh, extremely serviceable in, as a rookie last year in the limited minutes he played. Um, you know, they just got, I think, enough around Embiid to let Embiid be the superstar, but also do what they're supposed to do in terms of what we've seen over the last few years of them being a top team in the East. Plus, That's like right. you said, there's going to be a Ben Simmons trade most likely. And it's not like they're going to get worthless players back. Right. I think, I think I pretty much agree with everything you said, but I just am kind of factoring in at a beat injury, you know, you know, he missed a few games and then, you know, things really go south that they do end up trading Simmons. Uh, we should give our listeners a little background on Simmons because so he last year in the playoffs, as we know, did not show up, especially in the fourth quarters. Famously passed up an open dunk. Was lambasted by Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid publicly as much as you can, really, for Honestly. a teammate. And then over the summer, said he wanted to be traded. Uh, didn't want to come back to the team at all. Set out training camp. Said he was going to sit out the season. Ended up showing up this week without anyone knowing. Just showing up to the door. Nobody knew. And he just like, yep, I'm here for my COVID test. <laughs> and and then, Power move, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so he since met with the team, you know, briefly. I don't know if he's there just to, to to stop getting fined or if he's actually planning on playing this season. Nobody really knows what's going on. Um, and I think it's interesting to me this whole situation because so he has four years left on his deal, right? And he wants out. And everyone's acting like this is some – this is a similar situation to Anthony Davis and James Harden. And like, is this the next step for player empowerment? It's like the team wants to trade him. They almost traded him from Harden last year. They were going to trade him in the off season. Anyway, people were acting like he's forcing his way out, like Harden and Anthony Davis, which I mean, he, he is, but it's like, obviously the Rockets wanted to keep Harden. The Pelicans desperately wanted to keep Anthony Davis. The Sixers like, yeah, we're going to trade you anyway. Just show up please. And we'll find a trade. Like people are, I feel like people are actually like Simmons is pushing his way out. And he's just like, it's terrible that he's axing out with four years left when it's going to be a mutual parting ways in my opinion. Right. Seth. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think it, it's definitely mutual. I think people are focusing on the four years left because he wouldn't even show up to camp and he's saying, things are so bad that I'm not going there. I'm not even going to listen to that, you know? And I think even though it is mutual, it still is some kind of precedent. Um, can you hear the ice cream truck going by? Yeah. Nice. I was um, wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be right back. I'm going to grab some. No. Um, <clears throat> I think it still sets some kind of precedent where, like we've kind of been saying free agency is not much of a thing for the big stars anymore. Cause they're just like, 
we'll just sign the max contract that you can sign. And then at any point, you can just ask out if you're not happy there. And so I think even though it's going to be mutual, the people will still point to this as an example of, well, Ben Simmons asked out when he had four years left. Yeah, that's fair. I guess like in a perfect world, Simmons should show up, be a good soldier, play, and wait for them to make a trade. But I understand being like, like after the offseason, like, okay, well, you're trading me this season. I don't really feel like playing for you when I already know I have a foot out the door because of you, not because of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that side of it too. There's no winners in this situation, I guess, but I can, I can see both sides of it, you know, but hopefully they find a trade. I don't really know what the trade is at this moment because they want a superstar. Dame doesn't seem to be leaving anytime soon. Beal doesn't seem to be leaving anytime soon. What's out there, you know? Uh, You're going to have to settle with for draft picks, first-round draft picks. And honestly, that's not a bad position to be in. Yeah, that wouldn't be. I, that's kind of another thing that I baked into the sixth seed. I mean, if they're, getting, if they're getting things for more of the future, then they can still be a playoff team this year. But Simmons definitely raises their floor the regular season. All right, that's enough Simmons talk, okay? Let's go to the next couple teams that we all had. I had the Hawks for Seth. You did as well, correct? Yeah. Kyle, you had them shortly thereafter, I assume. Uh, I had the Sixers four and the Hawks six. Gotcha. Okay, so let's talk about the Hawks a little bit. I think the the Hawks versus Heat thing is kind of interesting because they're in the same division. The Heat are projected for a higher win total. I think it should be flipped. I think the Hawks are going to be really good this season. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be Eastern Conference Finals again good. But I'm also not saying that was a fluke, you know. I mean, they, they're going to get back a healthy Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. This is a fucking deep team. They're really, really deep when you deep. just look at their roster. They still have Lou Williams. They added Gorgie Jang. They have DeLon Wright as a backup, too. So I expect this team to be really, really good, and I would not be surprised if they're the third seed or even the second seed if one of those teams gets an injury. Yeah, um, I think we're on the same page there. I think – a lot has been said on other podcasts and such about the confidence that the Bucks will have after winning the championship. I think you could say the same about the Hawks after making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and especially the way that they did it with Trey Young just giving a giant fuck you to Madison Square Garden and embracing that villain role. And really, they could say, hey, we only lost to the Bucks because Trey got injured, you know? So that's a fair point. Yeah. So I think it's um I think it's totally realistic for them to be better in the regular season than they were last year and then potentially not quite make it as far in the playoffs, but you know, a lot of that's due to luck anyways, but For sure. Yeah, I'm pretty bullish on them and I think signing John Collins when it looked like if you if you asked me a year ago I would have said, well, he's just going to play out the year and then go sign for a big contract elsewhere. But I think retaining him and then all the depth that you spoke to is going to be big for them. Speaking of villains, how badass was it that John Collins dunked on Joel Embiid and then printed out a shirt of him dunking on Embiid and wore it after their game seven win? That was pretty good. Uh, So, Kyle, you're pretty high. That's right. So, Kyle, you're pretty high on them, too. You expect them to miss the play and at least be in that top tier of the six teams in the East? Yeah. So, honestly, like, 
my four, five, and six, I could see going anyway. But I think mm-hmm. those are the four, five, and six seeds, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I agree with everything you guys are saying. My Sixers pick, like I said, was kind of just uh, a bet on everything we've been saying for years, how the Sixers would be better with one or the other superstar instead of both. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I have the heated five. Seth, you do as well. Kyle, you have them in the play-in. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about them. I, I kind of thought about putting them in the play-in, but I think they're just going to so desperately try to avoid it so that they'll – I think they'll barely get out of it. But I do expect them to kind of be a better postseason team than a regular season team uh, with their older stars. Jimmy and Kyle have a lot of miles on them. Um, and they don't have a lot of depth. So I feel like in the regular season, if they get some minor injuries, you know, that could lead to some losses. But I think they're going to be a force in the playoffs. Is that kind of what you, what you feel, Kyle? If they get in there, they're going to cause some trouble? Um, yeah. So, I, like you said, the depth is really what I question um, with them. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of their starting five. But, you know, I, I don't know – Really, you know, Tyler Hero the other day saying he should be talked about in the same sentence essentially as like what what was it, Luca? And he said Luca, Luca, Trey, and Ja. I just feel like I should be mentioned with them as uh, on that level of young players. Oh my yeah. god! You get so, one rap song about you, and you just you think you're all Jesus that. Christ! I mean, he was essentially nothing for them last year. Uh, you know, I guess you would expect that he would rebound to that his rookie production again. But other than that, I'm not like super high on anyone else coming off or anyone coming off their bench. So it's like, sure. Can I read you? Can I read you the depth chart right now? Sure. It's really, really bad. Okay. KZ. Akpala. Akpala. Of course. Markeith Morris. Dwayne Dedman. Gabe Vincent, Max Strauss. You like that? <laughs> hey, Max Strauss is frisky. I'm not going to lie. I like that as a starting lineup <laughs> in the summer league. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, continue your report, Kyle. I just wanted to point that out for the listeners how bad it really is. No, I mean, that's essentially my point is like I they have the, the, the veterans, you know, and the experience come playoff time to do something and make some noise when those players are forced to play essentially almost 40 minutes a game. And, you know, Jimmy's probably going 46 almost every game in the playoffs, <laughs> but in the regular season, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to push Kyle Lowry. They're not going to push Jimmy that, that hard. Um, so it's like, yes, they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't know. I'm not as confident of them being a top six seed. Seth, let me ask you this on that same point. You see you see these guys in the playoffs, a lineup of Lowry, PJ, Jimmy, Bam defensively, just locking everyone down for 40 minutes. Do you think they have, despite maybe finishing lower in the regular season, the third best chance to come out of the East? No, I don't think they have the third best chance to come out of the Is East. Is that their odds? Probably. Oh. <laughs> well, who do you, do you think say, it is? Why do you 
I mean, for me, I would say the Celtics. I had them ranked third. I mean, Same. obviously, you know, there's some difference between regular season and postseason odds, but um, see, I think it's the Heat. Well, the Heat are actually they have the fourth best odds to make it out of the Eastern Conference. Who's the third? Sixers. Oh, okay. It goes Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Heat, Hawks, Celtics, Bulls. Yeah, I would say, depending on the Simmons trade, I would I would prefer the Heat. I think the uh, the Heat versus the Bulls is an interesting comparison because both teams have a new big three, if you will, medium sized three. Well, um, the Bulls got a big three, baby, <laughs> and. Particularly two of those three on both teams are veteran players, right? You've got Booch and DeMar um, on the Bulls and then a younger star player with Zach Levine. And then on the Heat, you've got Lowry and Jimmy as the veterans and Bam as the younger star player. And not to mention, you've got Lowry on one side, DeMar on the other, longtime teammates for Toronto. So, and then I don't think the Bulls have a lot of depth pieces that I'm really intrigued about either. So I think considering, you know, Kyle had the bulls at fifth, we had the heat at fifth. It's interesting comparison there, but I, I just think I like the heat big three more than the bulls big three. So the heat are nine to one to win the Eastern conference. So excuse me while I wager on that real quick. That's a love those odds, baby. You like the odds of heat. Nine to one to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think they should be third on this list, and they're fourth. So, give a little boost there. I guess it depends on what happens with the Sixers, right? I don't understand right. how you like those odds so much, and the Celtics are sitting there at eighteen to one to win the Eastern Conference. And you don't <laughs> act like I won't wager on both. Don't act like that. Those are both good odds. Uh, it all this talk really goes to show one of the big themes of this season, I think, will be that the East is better than the West now. Especially given the injuries to Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray out West, which will keep them out all or most of the season. The East is very deep with good, good teams. All the teams we've listed so far are really just really solid, good teams. And now the bottom of the East is still really bad. But there's going to be a couple decent teams out of the playoffs this year, even out of the play-in of the East. Let's continue down the list. Let's talk about the Bulls in earnest. So I had them next at seven. Kyle, you had them a little higher at five. Seth, where did you have the Bulls listed? Uh, 15, I think. No, uh, I had them at nine. Okay. Well, let's give our next tier, and then we'll talk about the Bulls. So in my play-in, and who I expect to make the playoffs in those top two seats are the, the Bulls at seven and the Knicks at eight. And then I have the Pacers and Hornets, nine and ten. We'll talk more about that later. But let's start at the Bulls. So we have a nice little difference of opinion here, I think, with five, seven, and nine being our three seeds for them. Um, listen, Ball, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Levine. Bits. Sorry, <laughs> Levine. <laughs> Is that like Ball. Fred Hoidberg? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me while I have a stroke. Ball, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Butchabits, to me, should be enough to be in the playoffs. Um, it's tough though in the East, like I said, with how good well how good these teams are now. And also Patrick Williams had an injury this offseason, which worries me a bit, especially given our lack of forward depth. 
Um, and suffice it to say, defense could be a major problem with, on this team with Lonzo Ball being the only plus defender out of those I listed if Patrick Williams is out. He's supposed um, to play in tomorrow's preseason game. Okay, so he's looking like he's on the track to start the season. I don't know if he'll start the first game, but he'll be back, I think, earlier than what we expected. Never mind, Bulls one seed then. Uh, there is a certain lack of depth on this team that does um, make me worried with Caruso and Derek Jones Jr. And what? who else is coming off our bench, right? We don't have a great bench. and But I do think it's, a, it's an offensive league now. We have – Really, we have a chance to be very good in offense, and our defense is probably going to be pretty poor. And I think that's enough for for a play-in seat. Kyle, you're a little higher. What, what what do you see as the upside for this team? I loved what I saw from Levine last year, right? Um, been one of the biggest Alonzo fans since he came into the league, personally. Um, I wasn't super excited about the DeRozan signing, but in the terms of having a a player, a veteran that has playoff experience and a lot of a decent amount of playoffs, playoff experience, I think it will help with the rest of the young guys on our team. Um, You know, Patrick Williams looked good last year and, in the preseason, not the preseason, he didn't play in the preseason. Uh, in summer league, he was lighting it up. Obviously, that's much lesser talent, but um, he looked incredible. Um, and then, obviously, you know, we got Vooch. So I, I'm I'm a big fan of our starting five. And unlike you, I kind of <laughs> – I like those types of depth players usually that have no names to the, the normal NBA fans <laughs> that don't follow every day. He likes shitty players, players on this bench. No names. Only Let's numbers. be honest here, okay? Alex Caruso is going to win sixth man of the year. I mean, I don't even think it's up for debate. I feel like sixth <laughs> man of the year always goes to like a 20-point scorer, though. And he's just going to play really good defense. And fill sure, but how many sixth men or players oh. off the bench are going to average almost double-digit assists? How many – Six-man players don't even look like they should be a basketball player because they're white and balding, huh? Mm-hmm. Which just is a little more <laughs> goes goes to show what he could do. Um, I'm, I'm smelling a, uh, uh, a bat here. Kyle, you take Alex Crusoe. I take the field. I would be in on that. <laughs> yeah, let me look up what the odds are for Alex Crusoe's six-man of the year, and I'll take those odds against you instead of – You just looked them up, and you said it was 49 to 1. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so gonna... if – I win that bet. You guys each owe me 49 bucks. If you win, I owe you a dollar. All right. I'll take it. (laughs) Free dollar. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to be $98 richer at the end of the year. Um, You know, I'm also, I'm looking at their depth chart now and I'm realizing Alizé Johnson's pretty low down there. I was really excited about that signing. Um, He killed it for the Pacers last year as a stand-in. And I think he's going to end up providing a lot more um, depth than what you think we have in the front court. So I don't know. I like this collection of no 
household name players coming off of the bench for the Bulls because it's not that's just no a, household name. They're not good players. That's what a Stogie boy <laughs> is. And this is a collection of Stogie boys if I've ever damn seen one. Listen, I agree with you that Caruso is going to be great for this team. Other than that, there's not much on the bench. It just worries me because every year, you know, we're going to have a few injuries. So I just worry that could lead to a few more losses that we're looking for. Uh, Seth, you can have let me be like one man to shit on our team. That's all we'll you. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think no one would give a shit about Alex Caruso if he hadn't played for the Lakers with LeBron. And he would have been starting somewhere if that wasn't the case. I mean, depending on what team, yeah, he could have been starting. He would I mean, definitely he still be Lakers, like so. NBA nerds would still love him because of the way he looks and the way he plays. And his statistics Crap. back Crap. it up. I guess that's besides the point. I mean, I think he's a decent defender and like he distributes the ball fine, but. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, in a lot of it is just I'm a hater and I like to root against the Bulls, and I need to see it before I believe it. So, I like food. Right. So that was quite enough. After I put your Celtics third, disgraceful. Some of us are unbiased on this podcast. Uh, cool. Not me. Not Kyle. Not you. <laughs> Our producer, who won't be named. Uh. Why don't you guys give me your seven, eight, nine, and ten as I tease mine being the Bulls, Knicks, Pages, and Hornets. So I have the same four teams, just different order. So I have Knicks, Pacers, Bulls, Hornets. Okay. Kyle, any surprises from you in that tier? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Heat, Knicks, Raptors, Hornets. Mm. Okay, so no Pacers for you. I thought about putting the Raptors in, so maybe you can give me your rationale. But um, Siakam seems like he's going to be out for a while. They said like a medium part of the season. Not really sure what that means. Maybe like 30 games, I guess. (laughs) So I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, But it does feel wrong to leave off a Nick Nurse coach team with that collection of just good NBA players, right? Yeah. I mean, like, Drogic's no slouch. This gives Fred Van Vliet, who we all know. I'm one of the biggest Fred Van Vliet fans. And have Fred Van Vliet <laughs> flan flans. That's what a tongue twister. Uh, for the longest time, since he had baby mania and went off in the playoffs how many years ago. Um, but, I, again, it's just another collection of players that I'm super high on. Like Boucher, I've been – high on Ananobi for a long time. And honestly, with Siakam out, I think we could really see Ananobi take a much more uh, lead role on this team with without Siakam and um, Kyle Lowry now out of the picture too. So, you know, I like the – I like Malachi Flynn off the bench, uh, Precious off the bench as well. Um, you know, I, I just think they're – a good basketball team. And for the bottom of the East, I don't think you need to be anything better than that. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say for, be surprised if they sneak in the plan. Uh, we've been going for a while, but why, Seth, why don't you just give us a thought on one of those teams in your plan? Yeah. I think I like the Pacers a bit more than, than either of you. Um, I think a big problem for them last year was depth. Um uh, or really injuries, right? Not having the depth to sustain um, a good record with the injuries. 
And so I think they'll, you know, you can never really predict injuries for as far as I know, they are fully healthy right now. Um, and then another thing is like coach Nate Bjorkren did not seem to do a good job last year and everyone seemed to hate him. And now they're bringing back uh, our old friend, Rick Carlisle. And I think that's worth a significant number of wins on its own. Um, is overrated. So, well, of course you think that he's just one of those coaches like Pete Carroll who like consistently Too old wins. School. So why would you like him? Um, Pete Carroll's a piece and, of shit. And yeah, I think I think the core of Miles Turner, the odometer, Sabonis, who we all love, Brogdon, who I think we all like, and then the scoring punch of Karis Levert, if he can get back on back on track this year. Um, yeah. and then, you know, other pieces with TJ Warren and well, so don't forget my guy coming off the bench out of Oregon, Chris Duarte. Naturally. So I don't know. I yeah, I think they've got a lot of talent. I think they've got arguably more talent than some of those other teams in this tier, like the Knicks. And I think they have an improvement at the coaching position and Rick Carlisle will be able to make the most out of what they have. So real quick, Knicks. Speaking of, a little bit of a fluke with a four seed perhaps last year, but, you know, Tibbs will have this team over 500, and then they'll all have knee injuries after this year. Uh, and then the Hornets, Lamelo Leap, adding Oubre and Mason Plumley for some depth to the moon, baby. Let's go. Uh, all right. Let's switch they should really the rename West. themselves to the New York Knees, right? All right. Those That's a great call. Uh <laughs> Let's switch over to the West, and I will start with the top tier of teams who I consider a three-team tier, and you may tell me otherwise. This isn't necessarily who I think will come out of the West, but just how I see the regular season going. I have the Jazz at one, the Lakers at two, and the Suns at three. Now, is that your exact order, Seth? Yeah. Now, the Jazz are going to do what they always do. They're going to win a lot of regular season games, and I'm not going to give a shit because they're just going to lose in the playoffs like they always do. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for another year of it. Uh, Kyle informed me that he would not be picking the Jazz as the number one seed. In fact, he said he was going to wager on the Nuggets to win the division. And when I said, you might lose that one, don't you think the Jazz will win a bunch of regular season games? He said, Gobert is a bitch. So I think that's pretty logical reasoning. Kyle? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> will they make the playoffs, Kyle? Playing for the Jazz, maybe? <laughs> no, I do have them in my top three, but I wouldn't include them in the, the tier one like we did for the East. I think there's. I know, it's weird. It's like, one. I know they're going to be good in the regular season, but I don't take them seriously as a finals contender. I don't you take know? them seriously at all with Gobert on their team. <laughs> Who is your, who's your top, top tier, Kyle? I have the Nuggets and the Suns and then the Jazz. Hmm. Interesting. So you think the Lakers will not have a great regular season record? Correct. I don't think they need to, right? Yeah, I could see that happening, but I was kind of thinking, so obviously the Lakers back acquisition this summer for those listeners who might not have caught up as they acquired Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. And I think he's just a big floor raiser in the regular season. You know how last year they lost AD and LeBron and they plummeted into the 
seven seed. That's not going to happen this year because you have Westbrook, right? He's just an innings leader in the regular season, a floor raiser. So I think they'll be good enough to stay in that top tier. But, you know, you're right. We should be factoring in some minor injuries for LeBron and AD at this point in their careers, right? Yeah, and I just think those other teams collectively may be better. <laughs> Could be. Seth, what do you think about the Lakers this year? I mostly agree with your assessment. <laughs> I hate him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that being said, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> I have them second behind Utah in the regular season. Yeah. So I think they're going to be good. I think the really interesting thing for the Lakers, if we can all agree on that, is the playoff performance that we're going to see from them and how Russell Westbrook looks next to LeBron when it really matters, when the games really matter, and it's crunch time, right? Because we haven't seen Russ excel in an off-ball role in some years, right? True, but yeah. we've also never seen somebody, a star player, look bad next to LeBron. Has LeBron played next to a star player, though, that's been as ball-dominant as Westbrook? I mean, he was, like, the most ball-dominant player in history at, with OKC, so it would be impossible. Exactly, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those, like, it's really an unprecedented situation. So what kind of – which track record do you look at? Yeah, And it's so not I'm, like I, Westbrook playing off ball. It's not like he's a good jump shooter or anything by any means. So No. Right. We talked about it before how it's interesting to kind of mirror that with how Harden is fair with different superstars. Like, you know, he made it work with Chris Paul because Chris Paul is an elite shooter. He's working great with KD, taking more of a point guard role, right? But what's to be done with Westbrook? When him and Westbrook teamed up, they were very unsuccessful and, you know, they didn't have the same success as he had with other stars. So if anyone can make it work, it's LeBron, right? And LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook all excel in working in tight confines but I just don't think it's ideal offensively. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's talk Suns real quick. Probably not going to be favored to make the finals again, but regular season-wise at least, we can maybe expect a little mini improvement from their young guys in Booker, Aiden, and Bridges. And I think they're just going to be a really, really solid team again, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think um, all their players are on the – incline other than Chris Paul, but I believe he's got at least another year in him at an elite level. Um, so I see them getting a little bit better. Um, and yeah, I mean, they were the two seed last year. So. So this next year in the West gets a little hairy and it's a big reason why I said that the East is better than the West, because this next year could go a lot of ways. And here's yeah. the order I have them in. I have five teams in this tier. I have Nuggets at four, Warriors at five, Mavs at six, Blazers at seven, and Clippers at eight. So all those I expect to make the playoffs, but a couple of those teams are going to have to be in the play-in, and that's always dangerous. Um, Kyle, I know you had the Nuggets in the top tier, but how do you order your your four through eight? Uh, So you have Lakers at four, right? Uh, I actually had the Clippers at four. Wow, interesting. But hold on. I didn't look into this nearly enough. Kawhi's out this full season, right? Yeah. I would expect that, yeah. 
Okay, never mind then. Let me readjust this. Someone else go. Right. I completely go. forgot about that Kawhi situation until you guys <laughs> made that reaction. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so um, I have Denver at four. I'm I'm not as high on them as Kyle. I mean, never have been. And I think uh, a lot of people are kind of penciling in Michael Porter Jr. to just take a, a leap this year and kind of fill in for the hole that Jamal Murray's leaving um, because of his injury. Here's what I, I will know. say. Though. I don't have a lot of faith in that. Now we both have them at four and I think that might be higher than some people have them. So I think we're still pretty high on them. Kyle has them at one, which I don't agree with, but you know, the difference between the nuggets and the Clippers with their injuries, right. Is that Kawhi is probably gonna be out the whole season. Cause it was later. Jabal might come back during the spring. Okay. And also Jokic is way better than, I mean, what was it like two weeks difference? Well, it's also Kawhi, right? I mean, He's going to take his time coming back from True. this injury. And also, Jokic True. is way better than Paul George, right? So he can yeah, carry a to a much better record by himself. And also, Michael Porter Jr. is already better than any number two on the Clippers. Yeah. I, why are you comparing these two teams? Because I think a lot of people are wondering how they'll perform with those players out. It's a very similar situation where they're, one of their superstars is out. So I'm just making that point. I've seen a lot of people okay. hide the Clippers and elsewhere, and I think they will be falling into the plan. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, you and I are on the same page. It didn't even occur to me that anyone might pick the Clippers over Denver. Um, but my biggest surprise in this section, I guess, is I have Portland at five. And a couple of things go into that. You had a little bit of drama with Dame in the offseason. I think that'll make everyone extra motivated to really make it work and make a push this year. CJ McCollum started this season gangbusters last year was his most efficient year, his highest scoring year, best shooting from three. And then he got injured um, and then wasn't quite the same when he came back. So I think having him at full health will be a big boost for them this year. And then I think they were another one of those teams that really suffered from a lack of depth and also really poor defensive play. And so with some of the changes that they've made in the offseason, um, basically getting rid of certain players like Mello um, and acquiring Larry Nance Jr. for added depth at the big position, um, a more competent defender. They also got Cody Zeller. And with Nurkic being more healthy, um, hopefully this season, you never know, but at least fully healthy at the time being, um, I really like their starting lineup. Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, who they acquired halfway through last year. So integrating him into the team more. Uh, Kyle's favorite, Rocco, and then Nurkic. And then having Anthony Simons, Larry Nance Jr., Cody Zeller coming off the bench, um, I think is, a, is an upgrade. And then just like the Celtics, another team that made a coaching change a uh, long-time coach that everyone seemed to respect, but maybe just time for a different voice in the locker room. So we'll see what Chauncey can do. Uh, and I really like this team. And I think they're going to go deep into the playoffs as well. I think that's what's underrated about what happened last year. or hasn't brought up enough. Is, yeah, the CJ injury, right? I mean, he was looking like an all-star. And they lost him. And then they 
got Powell midway and they got Nance in the offseason. So it's really like they added three players back almost from what they had last year, right? And I, I do expect them to be – I had them at seven, but I would be surprised if they avoid the plan, right? Um, okay, so that's your four and five. Kyle, do you have your, your four and five ready now? Yeah. <laughs> Lakers and Golden State. Okay, good. I wanted to talk about Golden State. Um, I have them at five as well. Seth, I assume they're coming up shortly for you. Yeah, I have them at seven. So, very interesting year for the Warriors. Perhaps one of the most interesting teams we're going to see this year because Clay Thompson, who it does not need to be said, is a beloved on this podcast by all of us. Perhaps the only one who could join a pickup game for any of our, te- our teams, our Stogie boy and, our, yeah. <laughs> and, and elsewhere. Um, and so he's supposed to come back in December, maybe January. And will we expect him to look 100%? Who knows? I don't think anyone's ever torn an uh, Achilles and then torn an ACL during their comeback from it. So it's going to be. Wasn't it the opposite, actually? Oh, yeah, it might have been the opposite. You're right. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for him to look like his former all-star self, and it might not happen this season or ever again. I mean, fingers crossed it does, but uh, this team is still really good even without him, right? I mean, Steph and Draymond had a ridiculous plus-minus last year. Steph, Draymond, and Looney, when they gave up trying to play Wiseman, had a ridiculous plus-minus. Poole and Curry together, Jordan Poole and Curry, were plus-18. And we expect Poole to take that starting role from Clay. So I think this is still a really good team. And I think Steph Curry alone is going to lead you to avoid the play in this year as long as you don't make the mistake they did last year of trying to, to start the young guys. I think they're all in on, on the playoffs this year instead. And I expect them to be a good regular season team and make some noise in the playoffs. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, agree with everything you've said. Um, you know, we were talking before we started recording, uh, didn't realize Jordan Poole's most improved player odds were so Spoilers. high. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, he's shown us last year, he has the ability to score. I think he does well kind of playing that off ball role while Steph is obviously manning the point. Um, he's the type of spot up shooter that can get extremely hot. Uh, nowhere near the consistency of Clay Thompson, but I think he does a good job filling that role until Clay comes back. Um, and then, well, we got Ubre off the team now, right? Yep, he's on the horns yep. now. Exactly. So, I do I need to say any more? He had that's one of the worst plus minuses of any player that's ever played with Steph Curry in Steph's career. It I might like honestly have been the worst. I feel like that's almost on the Warriors too, because like I'm not saying like Ubrey's is a great player, but it's like he's good. You couldn't really like fit him into your system. Like I don't know. We'll see how he plays. I think he'll play much better in the Hornets. You know what I'm saying though? It's like wow, he can't fit in our system. Like we can't even play him. He's a good player, right? That's like, what we thought as well. I feel that's like another reason why I'm like. Sometimes. Not as high as Steve Kerr as a coach as I think a lot of people are. Like, I don't think he made the right adjustments at times. And I think he's does that too frequently, but it's a story for another Is day. Steve Kerr the Matt Nagy of the NBA? Hmm. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <Fuck out. laughs> How many Super Bowls does Matt Nagy have again? Uh, don't even – I can't even. Same number as Steve Kerr. 
Um, <laughs> I would say the system thing is like the Warriors play very read and react and Kelly Oubre couldn't make the right reads. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, didn't have a high enough basketball. It's like he to was too jaded to by staring into his own eyes somehow. <laughs> oh, God, the most beautiful eyes in the league. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, uh, as we're talking about this, you, you both convinced me. Uh, I'm, I, sw- I swapped two teams and moved Golden State up to six. You're damn right you did. Okay, so I've been through my four or five. It's Nuggets Warriors. Let's go to our six and seven. Uh, I have Mavs and Blazers. Does anyone have the Mavs this high? I have the Mavs at seven as well. I have the Mavs at seven. I think that's a fair that's a fair spot for them. A lot of people are putting up in the top four, and I just don't get it really. I mean, I get it because they have Luka Doncic, but who like Fat I'm not Luka. sure why everyone is so high on them versus like say the Warriors when the Warriors have Draymond and and the Mavs' second best player is, is yeah. Pacific. I mean, the Warriors have Draymond and the Mavs have Luka Doncic. No, I was talking about their after. <laughs> the way you said that, that's what it made it sound like. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey, you know, you heard it here first. Draymond, top five player. <laughs> All the Babs have behind Luka is what I'm saying. Is Christos Porzingis, who is ass. Just 100%. atrocious. And then they also have the worst coach in the league. So I'm not really sure how we're supposed to feel about this. This man left the Bucks and they immediately got 60 wins after he left. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're going from Rick Kyle to him. Like, I, I just don't see it. I don't know. I mean, look, Luca's going to get like 45 to 50 wins. Right. But I just, I don't see them I'm with you. I almost didn't put Dallas seven. I almost put Portland seven, but I know I wanted to punish them, but they have Luca. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I think best case scenario for them is, Kristaps looks really good for the first two months and they're able to trade him for something else good. Highly unlikely that ha- that, that happens, but the sooner they get out of the KP business, the better, I think, for them. Definitely. Yeah, so then I have the Clippers at eight. Uh, you guys can tell me where you have them. Do you guys have the Clippers in the plane as well? Who did you have, Six. So I have, if we go six through eight, I have Mavs six, Blazers seven, Clippers eight. Hmm. Okay. We probably all have the top, same top eight, I would imagine. Um, I don't think it seems like that. All right. Why don't you guys give me your six through eight then? I had Memphis six, Dallas eight, Portland. Wait, Memphis six, Dallas (laughs) seven, Portland eight. Interesting. Memphis six. Tell me why you're so high on them. Jonathan Moran's. Honestly, exactly why. I mean, we saw the right the, the playoff run that the Hawks had on the other side. And I feel mm. like Memphis kind of had a similar, you know, what felt like it wasn't a deep run by any means. But we saw John Morant really show up in the playoffs and really, you know, boost everyone else around him like we've thought that he could and he really just took over games um you know i'm just high on memphis as a whole essentially they have um what do they got they got uh stephen adams now right so he is going to do the typical stephen adams thing and i think that helps morant 
have the ball in his hands more because I, you know, Joe Val, as great as he was or is, I think took the ball maybe out of Jaw's hands more than he needed to. So I think this really helps Memphis run everything through Morant instead of kind of having to balance that Jaw Joe Val, you know, game. Seth, what about you? What do you have at sixth grade? Any surprises? Well, six, as I just mentioned, I have Golden State. Seven, I have Dallas. And eight, I have Memphis. So after Sam proclaimed that he assumes we all have the top eight, (laughs) neither of us have the Clippers. So um, how dare you? Uh, Yeah, I like Memphis. Um, Young team, improving. I like what Kyle said. I think it does kind of have a similar vibe to the Hawks a couple years earlier, but um, yeah, I just think, you know, they made the playoffs last year. They have a little bit more momentum and I just don't really see the Clippers doing anything. They have Paul George and a bunch of mediocre players. It's really funny. They're just trending downward. So it's funny that I thought it was going to be the lowest of the Clippers at eight and I'm the highest when the odds for the conference, they're the fourth best odds to win the conference. I don't understand that at all, but I saw <laughs> that when I was looking through. Like, what the fuck? I guess they're assuming Kawhi comes back for the playoffs, but I think no way he does. Like, I, I don't no know. Way. It's it's Kawhi with an injury. Like, you don't think he's no going to sell out the whole year? So, Wasn't there even them... rumors of him possibly leaving last year? So, <laughs> Who knows with him? Like, he's he's a he's he's a Kyrie Irving light. I... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, Paul George isn't flanked by prime George Hill, David West, and Roy Hibbert anymore, right? He's flanked by prime Reggie Jackson. Um, is Reggie in his prime? Tomb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would seem so, but I don't know. A little late prime. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, I think the 10th seed is very interesting because the West is kind of ass, dude, at the bottom. Now that I think about it, like, it was hard for me to pick a 10th seed. Yeah. I went a little out of there, so I want to see what you guys say first. Maybe you can talk me out of it. I have the Pelicans. I'm going to go with the Pelicans. Too. Get the fuck out. I'm done with the Pelicans, okay? I'm declaring it right now. Every year we're like, the Pelicans should make the play in. They have Zion Williamson. They should make the playoffs. Guess what? Every... They don't. They don't, okay? They're ass. <laughs> you said every year we say they should make the play in, and last year was the first year we ever had the play in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Zion's rookie season, they're like, watch out for the Pelicans. Last year, they're like, oh, they, they're definitely going to make the play in. And then this year, everyone's like, yeah, I mean, watch out for the Pelicans. They they have the worst general manager in the league. They fired their coach because he was asked. Zion got foot surgery and no one even knew about it, and he's not even going to start the season. You think he's Last the worst the general West. manager in the league? So far, yeah, Jesus. So this just leaves you to taking the Spurs as the that spot. I went with the Timberwolves. Oh, my God. The Timberwolves, baby. It's a little out there, okay? And I thought you guys would talk me out of it, but you picked the Pelicans. You can't talk me out of it. Listen, there's something brewing over there in Minnesota, okay? We can smell it from here. They got Edwards. They got Russell in the backcourt. They got McDaniels, my boy, Jaden McDaniels. Cat should be the best player out of anyone vying for the 10th seed. He should be. We'll see if he is. I mean, Zion maybe, but Zion never plays anything, so. Well... Zion plays 40 games a year. At least maybe I'll get cat for the whole season. And I he's really not as hope... good as Shea, but 
are they vying for the, the that seed? They're not trying to, that's for sure. They're not trying to, but honestly, <laughs> I think they might end up doing it. I thought about putting uh, them there. I just want, okay, Cat had all those tragedies last year and kind of everyone forgot about him, right? But he's a force when he's healthy and playing, and I just want to see that from him this year. So give me the T-Wolves a 10. I mean, whatever, they're going to lose in the play-in. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, you know? Even though it the feels team has crazy. been so defunct for years, I don't think they've done anything to change that. Hey, Chris Finch. He's out there. He's coaching. He's holding the clipboard. <laughs> okay. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I would like nothing more than to see uh, the Timberwolves get a little frisky. But, and I'm, I'm a, a noted Pelicans doubter as well. So I did not pick them to make the playoffs last year. And I'm not picking them this year, but they can make the 10 seed. But yeah, what I mean, if- what are we arguing about? Like, right. Yeah. We're not arguing about anything because I'm moving to the next topic. MVP of the entire league. Who will it be? Let me give you the top odds on DraftKings. Sponsor us, please. Uh, Luca plus 380. KD six to one. Embiid seven to one. Giannis nine to one. Steph nine to one. Dame 14 to one. Jokic reigning MVP at 15 to one. The disrespect we're hearing. LeBron fifteen to one. Harden, he made it all the way up to thirty to one during the season last year. So yeah, Harden and Trey twenty to one. There's a bunch of twenty five to one, including Kawhi. Who are these bookmake? <laughs> what are they doing? I don't understand. Is there something we don't know? Is he actually going to play next week? Maybe Vegas knows. Um, and then there's a tier of of thirty to one, including Tatum, Kyle's boy. So uh, I'll start. I don't understand why Luke is the favorite again. Dude. Is he expected to be a top three seed? Like, what are we doing here? I know he's a great player, but he's not going to win MVP. Uh, I think you're picking Draymond, I assume. (laughs) Well, Draymond's my MVP. (laughs) I would either go KD or Giannis um, because I think they're going to, they're the most guaranteed to get a top seed. And KD has been due for some time now. Maybe the narrative starts who hasn't won MVP since OKC. And then Giannis, now we can finally hand him his third MVP since he won a title. We can all feel good about that. So I think one of those two could, is a good choice, those odds. Uh, Kyle, why don't you just tell me why Tatum's going to win MVP? Yeah. I mean, Tatum's my pick. As we all know, we've known since last year, since I've been saying it. We've just seen so much growth out of him. And I think finally, you know, as we mentioned when we talked about them, Kemba getting out of their additional depth for their team, I really think this – you know, helps them push and, and get that third seed. Who the hell knows? I think it's going to be a crazy season. We could see them push for the second seed. I, we can't write off the fact that they might even be a one seed. It hasn't happened yet. Who's to say? And if I think that it- happens, someone on that team has to win MVP, I would imagine. And it's going to be Tatum. The alpha on the team. I think both Tatum and Mitchell are good bets for that reason, Kyle. They could easily be top seeds in their team in the third one. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's the only scenario when Tatum could win MVP is if they get the one seed. Because if he, I mean, if he, the Celtics have a worse record than the Bucks or the Nets, but if Tatum, like what would Tatum have to average to have better numbers, just raw numbers than Giannis? He'd have to be like 34, 12, and six, you know? And it's going to happen this season. Like, I don't know. I, Again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. I just don't see it. 
Um, I'm more on, on the same page as Sam. I pick Giannis for this. I think the narrative changed where he won a championship, so he's eligible again. Um, and I think, honestly, I think he should have been probably second to Jokic in MVP voting last year. And I think you could argue he had better stats than Jokic or as good stats and was way better defensively than Jokic. So I think you could make the argument he should have been MVP last year, but they never would have happened because of his playoff performance previous to that. So now with the championship, I could definitely see that again. I like picking someone from the Nets or the Bucks just because I know those are going to be the two elite teams. And in the West, I'm not as sure who's going to finish one. So, yeah, that's where I would go. But All right, I let's can talk. see Jokic repeating as well. 15 to 1, not a bad bet. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about most improved player really quick. What a shitty award, huh? What a stupid award. Like, how are you supposed to know what any of the, how am I supposed to know who is going to be the most improved player when I don't even know the parameters of the award? That's why the, the, the favorites for this award are 10 to 1, because the, 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 the books don't know either, even though they know Kawhi's returning next week. They don't know about this player. <laughs> uh, I think, like we mentioned earlier, Poole at 15 to 1 is a great bet. Uh, because you know what I love about him? His shorts are so high. Why does that make you love him? Because I like that return to 90s, 80s, you know, back to that style throwback he asked his asked for smaller shorts i think so he'd have that so mm. got a mustache i really like what's going on there um i think darius garland's good bet at 22 to 1 steph said he's the next upcoming point guard and uh i trust steph on matters such as that um, long live sex land kyle your boy og is 25 to 1 does that entice you does that entice me especially <laughs> what kind of with, question is that <laughs> especially if siakam's missing time Hell yeah, yeah. that me. And one less ball handler, like I already mentioned, with fat ass out of there. Kyle Lowry. They still have a really fat ass there with Fred Van Vliet, though. Just one fat after another. That's true. You know, OG's been, he's been like playing around with some sidestep threes, some off the dribble shots. I think he might be like the most underrated player in the league, if we're being honest. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about Elise Johnson? Alize. Yeah. <laughs> he's so he's, underrated. We don't know how to pronounce his name. He's so not a household name. I don't even know his name. Uh, all right. So was that who you'd pick, Kyle, or would you go with someone else? Yeah, I mean, give me OG. I think that's a solid. I mean, bet. I think it's interesting that Shea is, like, for the last how many years he's been <laughs> top three, four odds to be most mm-hmm. improved. But – is the improvement already, just like how is he going to improve from last year? He's just going to, they're not going to shut him down for the end of the season. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, that's the improvement. <laughs> All right. What about you, Seth? <clears throat> well, Kyle picked the Celtic for MVP. So I have to take a Celtics for, for MIP. Give me Time Lord, baby. Mm. Let me see if he's even on this list. Yeah, he, probably, he might not be. <laughs> uh, oh, he All he needs to do is stay healthy. 65 to 1. All he needs to like do that. is stay healthy. Uh, he leads the league in blocks. Gets like 12, 13 rebounds a game. Plays great defense. Uh, I think all of that's realistic for him. I think it would be a challenge like 
because he's not going to score 20 a game, you know, to get the, get the votes for this that he should, but who knows if he becomes the missing piece that Boston needed a Tyson Chandler for the title winning Mavs role, if you will. Uh, I think he deserved it. Is Terrence Mann gonna be starting for the Clippers, or no? I don't know. It's a, I don't think so. No, he's not at the beginning, but I wonder if he will be eventually. I like him at forty to one odds too. Any interest in uh, Kyle Anderson at one hundred fifty to one? <laughs> Why is he even on this list? <laughs> Get slow mo the fuck out of here. He's been in the league how long? He's yeah. bald, he's balding like you're balding. I know. I don't understand that. What goes on here, dude? Cameron Payne, thirteen to one. I don't know what what their reasoning is. Uh, all right. The record for the record, the Clippers have on ESPN that lists Eric Bledsoe as the starter. And yeah, I forgot they even had Eric up, Bledsoe. Which is <laughs> atrocious. So. I bet Eric Bledsoe starts for a while, and they're like, "Fuck this," and they put that in there. Um, <laughs> this is what the listeners have been waiting for: our finals predictions. Oof, boy. Last year, I don't even remember what we predicted, but I'm sure none of us predicted Suns Bucks. So I'm going to say it was wrong. Uh, <laughs> Seth, why don't you start off and tell us why it's uh, Sixers Clippers for the fourth straight year? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I went frisky this time. Um, so I'm going safe bet in one conference and long shot in the other conference. Just tell us already. You're 50, teasing 50. me. I'll tell you the teams that it's not going to be. All right. So it's not going to be the Minnesota. It's not going to, no. I'm going Brooklyn. Okay. Brooklyn defeating Portland. Wow. Dame finally makes the finals, he says. All it took was Carmelo getting out of there, huh? I mean, it's not a bad bet to make that Carmelo (laughs) getting out of there leads them to the finals. I like that. That would be very exciting. Wouldn't Uh, it? All right. Yeah. I would like, I would watch that. Kyle, give it to me. Give me the Nuggets and the Nets. I wanted it last year. I can almost taste it. This is the year. Could anything have been more predictable than Kyle saying Nuggets and Nets in that moment? I can't think of anything. <laughs> Jamal might be out, but watch, your, watch out for my guy, Bones Highland. He's going <laughs> to be an important piece okay. of that Nuggets team this year. And I'm not have, shitting you either. <laughs> I have heard of Bones Highland, but... I swear, Kyle's going to start just making up names. He's <laughs> just going to be like, guys, I got to tell you, early look at James Q. Willoughby. He's going to be incredible this year. And we're just like, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's going to be no surprise when I pick either. That's going to be Lakers, Lakers Nets. Nets. <laughs> I picked it last year. Didn't happen. I'll pick it again this year, much like Chiefs Rams. I'm always a year too early. Uh, and I'll, I'll but pending my NFL uh, Super Bowl picks, but that's for another pod, I guess. Is he talking about right now? <laughs> All right. Well, I have to pee like a racehorse and Pete, so we got to end this podcast. That was our big NBA preview, Palooza extravaganza. I know everyone's feeling full and satisfied and happy, and I'm looking forward to a great season, boys. Me too. Yep, yep.